0: Hey, welcome to the Junto Show. I'm Lance, and I'm woke with jokes.
1: I'm Johnny Still, the founder of The Venture Out. Don't look up Ventura.com Look up The Venture Not
2: on your work computer, at least. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Bo, uh, here to have fun. Heck
0: yeah. yeah. Woop woop. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, to everybody, for listening. Uh, it's good to have you in your ears. Good for you to have us in your ears. How about that? Why does it sound so creepy? I don't know. I, you got ear stuff? Your ear guy? You're fetish? <laughs> all right. So uh, Johnny, uh, let our listeners know about our uh, super special offer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if you all go to junto, nope, No, that's the wrong one. You guys go to patreon dot com slash junto show. You'll find a page there where we're begging for some money. <laughs> What that really means, though, is you chip in and donate a buck to wherever you want to donate. Uh, you get access to premium episodes, plus you help fund us do what we love to do, which is buy cool equipment to make more awesome podcasts for you. S-
0: sounds great. Sounds in great. your ears. So, for example, I you'll get ears. a bonus episode. Uh, and a, the bonus episode attached to today's episode of the Junto Show regards what, Johnny?
1: It's uh, talks about the role of government. You know, government versus private industry. What's the right balance there? Is the government doing too much? Should we let the private industry do more? What's that balance? Listen to us talk. Get profound thoughts.
0: Profound. <laughs> All right. So uh, maybe,
1: maybe we don't know the definition of profound. But,
0: <laughs> uh, something good ish <laughs> is probably close enough. Better than average. <laughs> there you go. All right. So today is Friday, May twenty fourth, two thousand and nineteen, and the junto. Is a club, Benjamin Franklin found it way back when America was great. The purpose of the Junto was to debate questions of morals, politics, and natural philosophy. Our show's not quite that stuffy, but here and there, we stumble upon something profound <laughs> between the geeky jokes. <laughs> Better than average. <laughs> exactly. Here and there, we stumble upon something good enough <laughs> between the geeky jokes. All right, so uh, what's going on with you guys? What's uh, happening in the life day, uh, Johnny?
1: Well, I, I did uh, just come back from Iceland. So that was a nice little trip, 7 days in that uh, remote little tiny little country of a population of some of 3 350,000 people only. Um it was a solo trip, only the second solo trip I've ever done. And I will say, really?
0: only the second solo trip? I only mean, second, overseas,
1: I guess. Overseas. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah overseas. And uh, I will say after 7 days alone, you really start thinking through some of your thoughts a
0: little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so while you're alone, uh, yeah. I think me, me alone and you alone would probably be different. I'm wondering. So I, if it was me alone, I would have audio books and mm-hmm. podcasts going. Uh, mm-hmm. Nine so somewhere near, north of ninety percent of the time. There's a lot of week. driving too. Yeah. So like when you're a, uh, in an environment like mm-hmm. that, I guess you you were in like a van. van for the seven days. Van life. Uh, <laughs> what percentage of it is silence versus music versus
1: never silent? Intellectual. Audio. Always something's going on. Okay. And I prepared for this trip because I downloaded several books Ooh. from the uh, the local library. Isn't hey,
0: you download books from the library. Yeah, it's fantastic. I man. love it. I do yeah, it
1: too. That's great. So I had a bunch of books ready to go, some good stuff in there, right? And then I got in the van. I started playing some EDM. <laughs> <laughs> that's new.
0: All <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: And I just kept on going for seven days, man. Uh,
0: what, you listen to EDM for seven days? <laughs> I've, you've never mentioned EDM before.
1: I, well, I, I made a playlist. And I was like, you know, I'm filling a couple of songs from um, from uh, Avicii or Chainsmokers or or um, uh, Calvin Harris. So I made
0: a little playlist, oh, a bunch of other stuff. He counts. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's more pop, okay, popular EDM type, type stuff. But anyways, I played that for a good seven days, man. It was great.
0: So you didn't get through one book?
1: Nope. Oh, that's such a... Well, such a... I, I started listening a few chapters through a book called Mastery of Love.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It was it was a little insightful. it's uh it's kind of like a punch in the face. What's that uh, so what punched you in the face from Mastery of Love? I mean the the words they used were just kind of more powerful but the message at least in the first couple of chapters was basically you've been brainwashed. Your whole life people have been telling you this ever since you were a child your parents who you love unconditionally who were there to protect you. Mm-hmm. Right? And one day you're a child and you're playing with something you weren't supposed to play with. And Your daddy gets angry with you, and he yells at you, mm-hmm. wait, and now, all of a sudden, you don't know what to think are you Is that your protector, or can you trust him anymore? Now you're being trained and brainwashed to act a certain way mm-hmm. now you know about shame and guilt all these things are conditions that we've grown up with in this society. So like, the book is trying to tell you, you got hey, the voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, I'm transitioning to me, Johnny, now. So, okay. so it's kind of like saying, hey, all the stories that you know about, all the things you tell yourself, all the things you say that this is how a relationship should be behaving, you got to think through that a little bit more and really understand is this the best way to operate? Is this the best way that works for me? Am I showing love to my partner, to my friends, my family, to myself in, in the way that it should be? You like, know,
0: so yeah. it was pretty deep stuff. I don't see how those two follow, but well, it did sound kind of like the
2: book was about rubbing one out. <laughs> <laughs> you know? My dad never caught me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I get it, mastery of love. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. right. <laughs> it's <a> <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. So, sounds insightful. <laughs> so there you go. That's that, that's me in Iceland, EDM, and uh, listening to creepy books. So
0: <laughs> on a flight, on my flight back from Michigan, I, I've been traveling a lot lately. Nowhere all domestic. Nowhere fun like Johnny. I was actually sitting. Sitting next, in between, I was in the middle seat, in between two world traveling EDM DJs, who what? were who were, uh two British guys. I guess they had just performed at like Coachella or or, or some big what? ED, no, they they, they did uh, the EDC, the Electronic Daisy Festival in Miami, and I uh, I was on a flight with in between two guys. Uh, was
1: one, one of them wearing a big like mask. <laughs>
0: nah, I don't think they're like super super famous, but they were cool. And yeah. They they definitely were like dressed like famous guys. I was like, "Are you famous?" And they were like, "Uh, yeah, sure." <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. So um, we're gonna
1: get things started here. Did they talk to you like in a uh, in a cadence of uh, EDM music?
0: Like they, they keep on <laughs> ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. <laughs> yeah, that. that when the, <laughs> when, when the flight attendant asked if they wanted to drink. <laughs> I, I can't do What, what, what? like Sprite, 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 sprite <laughs> Coke. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Cut that out. Don't cut that out, man. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get things started here with our first segment. Uh, hot take news. That's going to be the most profound thing in this whole episode, man. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a real tonal shift. This is
1: what it's going to be. <laughs> Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight.
0: All right, so the uh, SAT Scholastic Aptitude Test, uh, we all remember that from our, I guess I would say senior year, but probably uh, our intelligent listeners probably took it in junior year. They're set to offer what's called an adversity score to colleges to give context for test taker scores as it relates to their hardships and socioeconomic backgrounds. So it's like uh, there's a lot of research or at the very least, discussion about say inner city kids who test worse than uh, your uh, your prep school kids or whatever because they, you know, have a a harder life. So they're now going to somehow numericize the hardness of somebody's life to give colleges context for the SAT scores and factor that into their admissions criteria. What are our thoughts on that?
1: So I gave this some serious thought, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The whole
0: idea of this adversity
1: score is to level the playing field uh, and to try to factor in some of the outside factors that could influence uh, somebody's potential, right? Mm -hmm. I like the idea. It's obviously never going to be perfect. It's never going to receive, I think, a a high majority of approval. But I applaud it, and I think we should try and strive for it. I think anything is better than nothing in this case.
0: Oh, okay. I was, uh, I think I, in my mind, I anticipated you kind of being against it. So, uh, why is that? Uh, p- from our discussion about affirmative action, uh, in college admissions, especially p- pertaining to like Asian people, when you said, uh, you think it's what about affirmative action for football teams? Uh.
1: Well, just just keep in mind, <laughs> Asians are fantastic at gaming the system. So, depending on what the factors of this adversity score is, mm-hmm. we'll game it.
0: Well, uh, also, people really good at gaming the system are, uh, the TV moms. <laughs> <laughs> like Pay for their dumb kids, their dumb YouTube kids to get in the, <laughs> the so,
1: USC. So do you guys have any ideas what uh, what are the factors that constitute this adversity score? Like what is that they are measuring? If you had a guess, what would it be? I would say, okay. Let's, uh, uh, let's do a serious guess and a joking guess. Okay. Uh,
2: serious guess, I guess it would be the uh, crime rate of the neighborhood mm. and uh, maybe the economic level. The average... You oh, that's
0: hilarious. Game. That second one. <laughs> I
2: don't know. <laughs> I can't believe they do that. <laughs> that's a, that's wild stuff. Oh, is that? the?
1: Uh, no, both of those are unbelievable. Oh,
2: oh, that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't I can't think of a funny one.
0: Okay, so I'm going to go with, um, and you guys can determine which is the joke one and which one is serious. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, parents, marital status. And also uh number of freckles on uh, your face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I would go with, <laughs> maybe this is a dummy <laughs> answer, but uh, ethnicity. All right. Maybe that's something. And then my joke one would be, <laughs> how many tattoos you have? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that main tattoo—that's a rough life, kid. You have All a right. face tattoo. Yeah, you have a face <laughs> tattoo. It's like
0: this kid's got a 1600 SAT, but also he's got a swastika it's dead center of his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> that's what
1: I'm saying. Asian kids will will
0: um, expose that man. Like, oh, that's part of the scores. Tattoos everywhere. But if... Well, yeah, but it's like if the Asian kid has a swastika on his head, it's just like an ancient luck symbol. <laughs> 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 what do you do with that? Well,
1: actually, if you just reverse it, it's a Buddha symbol. Oh, so. is that what it is? Oh, it's reversed? Yeah. The, oh, the, wow. the mirror version of it, yeah.
0: Okay, so did you look up the actual criteria or... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought you had them. <laughs> I almost had them. <laughs> Okay, uh, so Bo, do you think that is a thing that colleges should be taking into account or, or not?
2: Yeah, I think it's a thing that colleges should be taking into account. I'm, I'm not sure that it should be the SAT's responsibility, but if... Uh, if they're the only institution that is going to do it, then I guess it's okay.
0: Yeah, and apparently the data doesn't get transferred to anybody except the college. And I don't think even you, the student, can see it. So I guess we got to trust them. All right, so next topic. <laughs> yeah, trust the government group. <laughs> it's not the – RCT is not the government. It's probably a private company, isn't it? Is RCT Even uh, worse. Ah, uh, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> 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 okay, so the um popular television show, Netflix favorite, uh, 13 Reasons Why. Uh, I think we did have a discussion on the show about its uh, merits uh, vis-a-vis. So, it's a show that is about a high school student that commits suicide and the aftermath of the suicide, and basically, this she provides thirteen reasons why she committed suicide. And I like the show; I watched it. I thought it was moving. And uh, Johnny, I think you do did not you watched a little bit and or in, in, and what, what what is your status with the show? Look, <laughs>
1: I have been very clear. On this point, uh, I hate this idea of the show and is a horrible premise to even put out there. Why why, you, why they did that, I have no idea.
0: Why do you think it's a bad thing to put out there?
1: Okay, so I wrote down some uh, jabs because I knew you would ask that, <laughs> right? So I always say this is a dumb show, so I would suggest what's next, right? How about um, 13 Ways to Build a Bomb? Horrible idea. Why would you do show like that? How, how about... Thir-
0: I think I got a good idea on how to make meth. Watch Breaking <laughs> Bad. <Ben. laughs>
1: how about uh, 13 ways to get a 3D printed gun? Horrible ideas. Why would you make a show to expose these kinds
0: of things in that way? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So no enough. TV shows with guns. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Just fast cars. Okay, so... Uh, so they did some research and it turns out that I think, Johnny, your instincts were right. It says, in the month following the show's debut... In March 2017, there was a, basically a 30% increase in suicide among Americans 10 to 17 percent, 10 to 17 years old. And I was like, like 30%, uh, like, uh, you know, one, you can't say for sure that the 30% increase in suicides was due to the show coming out. But I think in the month following it, and it, it was a big cultural phenomenon, I'm comfortable saying that you could attribute a sizable chunk of that to the show which then puts me in a weird position of saying okay so what do we do with that right like do we continue to do we as polite society continue I won't say to allow continue to be okay with Netflix putting out a show that causes a 30% spike in suicides I I feel like
1: I say no I I say Netflix just has a just like any one of us to a degree has, has a moral obligation to contribute positive to have positive contributions to the community and the society so Netflix may have thought it was or maybe didn't think it through or something but now that they see the data they should say hey you know what no more season two three four five even though it might be making money you know
0: yeah, but Bo, do you do you think that netflix is i won't say responsible but that they should look at this data like say if you were mr netflix would you look at this data and then say okay this show we cannot put this show out anymore it is a danger it is a uh, public health hazard.
1: Make sure to speak like Mr. Netflix. <laughs> Mr.
2: Netflix. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Um, so I do think that Netflix has uh, the right to, I guess, entertain people how they say fit, right?
0: Yes. The, the government should not step in and do anything about this. Yeah. yeah. Think we're in agreement there?
2: Yeah. And maybe it's like a moral a moral question that Netflix has to ask itself. I'm, You know, I think if you were to, one of the things that they shouldn't do, right, you shouldn't normalize... You shouldn't normalize suicide, right?
0: Yeah, uh, uh, yes, uh, you, you shouldn't. But at the same time, is putting out a show about something normalizing it?
2: Yeah, so that's that's kind of the thing I'm wondering. Every other show is a,
0: a, about it, murder. I mean,
1: it depends on the show and what how that show ended or what the message was.
0: But it, I mean, yes and it no. It is normalizing so, so a, it. Every other like a third of shows on TV are about murder and some type of horrible violence. And I think maybe teen suicide is just a a particular niche thing that is their minds are so still developing that it's it might be just the wrong topic to to do a show about because it in a way that say yeah, m- I, rape or murder or well, it, it was kidnapping or whatever doesn't like make other people go out and do it.
1: Well, if, if it was 13 reasons why focused on a 80-year-old with terminal illness. Yes. Yeah, go for it. Do make that show, please. Make that show. That that might be very uh, cons- cons- consoling or uh, therapeutic for people in that category, but when you're talking about teenagers who have a really rough life as it is, ready to try and make their way and figure out who they are, and you give them this out, no man.
2: Yeah, and I I think it would probably been to me it would have been like a simple fix. Like she doesn't actually, she may try to commit suicide, but she doesn't die, and then she realizes how terrible the decision was. Because I think if you, you know you read the at least everything I I read about it, people that try to commit suicide they immediately regret it you know the people with, that survive if you know.
0: survive yeah which is why um like uh they say that boys commit suicide like by, by shooting themselves in the head and girls do it with pills and so mm. girls have a much lower success rate with it and then don't try again but boys it, yeah, because it, m- most people that survive don't do it it's just that boys are much more successful because they use guns instead of like other means and so like you don't get a second chance or the very really sure I messed up yeah mm, okay so Oh, so, so Johnny I didn't get a good answer out of you when you said the government should not step in. You're right. It you didn't. <laughs> and and
1: stop this. Well I think I need to think through this a little more. So clearly if it's promoting something that violates an existing law It's not promoting
0: it, it's inadvertently leading to it. It's definitely not promoting it.
2: Well, it's saying that the, you know, there, suicide is part of the drama and so <laughs> that and if you want to be part of the drama then
1: you
0: know, nowhere like the show was like k- kids go out there and commit suicide. Yeah. D- yes, I would say step in and stop that. Did but the ne- show, is, is did show? Netflix promote the show?
1: Yeah, then I would say they promoted it.
0: Nah, 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 nah. The nah, content of the show is suicide. Does every show where somebody kills somebody promote murder?
1: No, no. Actually, in those shows, they probably promote stopping murders mm-hmm. more often. Than not watch Game I mean, of Thrones. Hey, <laughs> well, I-, I watched John Wick, and he was trying to stop.
0: What? Killers by killing them. <laughs> no, that's not John yeah. Wick is an assassin. He's he's not like he does, he has no moral code. I will say he that. killed he killed a thousand humans right, because right, one guy right. killed all right all right killed his dog. All right, okay. <laughs> I might be
1: I might be better
0: metaphors. It's
1: a great movie, by the way. Yes, it is it's fantastic.
0: Okay, all right, all right. All right so uh, last stop. Okay, last topic here. Yeah, yeah. It turns out that uh, luck can be learned. So there was a guy who did a study, several studies actually. And he basically found out that people uh, can affect their luckiness given specific training, well, even not specific, given trainings and a particular mindset.
1: Yes, I have talked about this in the captain's ready room. We have talked about this. If we keep an open mind, if we keep a positive mindset, statistically, scientifically proven that you more good things happen to you and those people attribute it to luck.
0: Do you recall if I thought that was BS? Because I feel like I think it's BS. I can tell by the tone <laughs> that you think it's BS I'd have to go back and pull the tape <laughs> But so one of the anecdotes for some of the The findings this guy found He said he he basically One thing he did he put a $20 bill In the street and In his uh, control And he had two groups of people people who self-identified As lucky and people who self-identified As unlucky and the people who thought They were lucky were much more likely to find The $20 than the unlucky people it's, <laughs> well, That's not luck though it's not, but it, but that's no, not. Well, but they thought they were lucky. Well, yeah. one, what is luck? Like luck doesn't exist. But to the person, like, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, when Group A goes home and tells his wife, "Hey, I filed twenty bucks," oh. another great day for Mister Lucky. And then Group B goes home and he's like, "Nothing happened good to me today." Like it perpetuates, and what is being seen as lucky is random good thing <laughs> happening to this person. And he says, okay, I, cool. w- I I think I'm lucky. Something good happened to me. I must be lucky. And it perpetuates. Yeah. Well, that, that
1: that that pessimist probably gave him a worse story. came comes home was like, ah, I saw some guy in front of me pick up a $20 bill. <laughs> Could have been me. When the last time you found money in the street? Uh, it's been a little while. What's the most you ever found? I think I found 20s before. What's the most money you ever
0: found in the street? Yeah. Uh, this, well. Or, or, you know, well, so, found.
1: <laughs> in
2: your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, When I was growing up, I had a, we used to, we used to live, we used to float down a river. Essentially, we we'd all kind of get a tubes, and me and some friends we'd float down like Coldwater Creek or something. And uh, so one time, my my friends went out, and I didn't get a chance to go with them. And they were floating down, and then they see this brown bag float, and one of my friends kind of goes over to it, and they thought it was just someone's lunch or something, <laughs> and they pick it up, and it was full. It had eight hundred dollars in it. <laughs>
0: I found a brown bag with about $800 a hundred dollars in it too. When I was uh, at the grocery store, I was a uh, a bag boy, yeah. and in the parking lot of the grocery store, I, I think it might have been like twelve hundred dollars. So, what you guys do with the money? Well,
2: he bought himself a TV and video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't. She didn't share it. No, actually, they uh cause <laughs> they were they were they never really got along,
0: oh. but they were friends. So I turned the money in because uh, as I was in and still am, am a big uh, loser. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have got a little bit of a reward for like fifty bucks or something like that when the person came and found it. But um, okay, so I think that's oh, so last bit in, in Captain Ready room. I mean, to, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> in the hot take news, beloved uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz thinks that we need the Space Force to combat the threat of. Hold on, let me see here. The uh, the looming threat of space pirates. There's pirates out there. Mm, well. Some would say may, yes. Some would say no. He gave a speech. Are they on Somali the, <laughs> in space? Probably not. <laughs> he he gave a speech on the floor of the Senate saying that uh, we need the Space Force to protect from space pirates. So then I say to myself, well, are space pirates a threat? Are they a problem we need to put billions of dollars into? So I looked up the top five space pirates of all time and came up with uh, in in order <laughs> number five, the Starjammers. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> who's the Jammers? Cyclops' father. Oh. Yeah, the X-Men franchise. Number four, uh, Brack from <laughs> Space Ghost Coast to Coast. <laughs> oh, he's a space pirate? Yeah, okay. I didn't know that. I like that guy. Uh, number three, Yandu from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number two, Spike Spiegel. Are you guys familiar with him? He's from one of the best anime of all time, uh, Cowboy Bebop. It's going to be made into a oh. live action show on He's Netflix. the main character, right? Yep, it's great. Oh, yeah. And number one, space pirate of all time. You should know this one. I should know this. Han Solo. Yeah, of oh. course. And so, clearly,
1: Pirate. Pirate, though, I guess. Mm-hmm. Smuggler?
0: A Smuggler, yeah. I, I call him a smuggler. What's the difference? It's, anyway, so I think we need to uh, spend billions of dollars protecting the world from uh, space rights. Hey, man. <laughs> Handsome I, guys like Hansel. <laughs> I'm applying for a job in Space Force, man. <laughs> uh, Han did shoot first, so you got to look out for that. <laughs> and that's the Hot Take News. For all of us here at News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego.
1: All right. Welcome, folks. I'm Stu Johnny.
0: Lance. And First Officer Boat reporting. Oh, crap. I always forget that I am on the ship <laughs> in uniform <laughs> reporting as Science Officer Lance.
1: All right, folks. <laughs> Welcome to the Captain's Raider Room where we spend some time to dissect and deconstruct some philosophy, some uh, life uh, components to help us all get better at it and navigate through this thing. Navigation. That is so tough as it is, right? Yes. Sulu. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 2nd I'm Sue. I should be Sulu.
0: I was going to say, <laughs> I'm clearly Jordy LaForge. <laughs> <laughs> or or Hura. Okay, I'll be her, her too. What was Hura's actual job? She was transportation, uh, wasn't she? No, I she think was a like translator, right? She yeah. listened yeah. to mm. listen to them,
2: and she was like, yeah, the Captain, you re- they're hailing you.
1: You repeat, the whatever the computer says. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that
0: job. <laughs> <laughs> I want to wear a cool visor and, and uh, read books to kids. <laughs> I might be switching gen- uh, uh, dimensions there, though.
1: All right, so I'm going to say a word. You guys tell me what your emotional reaction to this word is, okay?
0: Okay, emotional reaction, Bo. Okay. Emotional. Yep. Emotional reaction, okay?
1: What does it mean to you, okay? How do you feel about this word, okay?
2: Yeah.
1: Racism. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I jumped the gun, sorry. I'll wait.
0: <laughs> well, there was silence, right? So,
1: um, Power. Racism. <laughs> 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 You're um, answering everything. <laughs> <laughs> Space ghost.
2: <Like> strength, <laughs> Racism. Strength? I don't know. Power. Power uh, sounds almost emotional.
0: Hmm. Power.
1: Seeking power. Let me add a little more to that then.
0: Oh, seeking power?
1: Seeking power.
2: Oh, well, I guess... Oppression. You, uh, <laughs> yeah. I I would kind of think of like a person who's seeking power as kind of uh, uh, duplicitous in nature, right? So, um, motivations that are not fully clear uh, and straightforward. And
1: so would it be fair to say you both had negative reactions to it in general terms yeah right isn't that interesting as i'm learning here in my mit class i'm taking right now this concept of power especially in the workplace too right power has such a negative reaction with people that when you bring it up people will say hey no no i don't want power i'm not not doing this to get more power or anything when in fact power exists all of us have a certain level of Power in the workplace, power in life, power, whatever it is, right? Think only supervillains call it power, though. Yeah, so it's <laughs> the word itself, but it's it's an apt word to describe what goes on to a degree.
0: I mean, it's accurate, but if somebody's like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to get this promotion, why? So I can have more power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm looking at you. So, <laughs> so I think your,
1: your, uh, your trunk of your car. So I, I think what's more uh, socially acceptable to say is influence, because influence sounds, I don't know what it is, more acceptable these days. Yeah, so but it's really power. Yeah, so that you have. So power, power to, to me change. is
2: like a balance of equity between people, right? If you say you want more power, then you want more uh, uh you want more decision making authority than.
1: So I think what I you're saying, Bo is that power is finite in resources. You're you're implying that it's a scarcity resource that there's only so much power to go around, therefore if you have more, that must mean
2: I have less. I don't know if I completely agree with that, but I would say that if you have more power than mine, then your power trumps mine and so we don't have an equitable relationship.
0: I think I, I'll go with zero sum game. I think as one person gains more power, then the the amount of power in the room doesn't necessarily increase so much as your power relative to somebody else goes goes changes. Yeah, yeah. So more power is not power not created. It's like distributed. There's
1: a law of thermodynamics or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Just, just between the three of us. Like, imagine nobody's listening. <laughs> it's which, really
0: more like four. <laughs> thanks, thanks to our listener. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks, Rumi.
1: <laughs> don't we all want more power? Like, if you get over the negative reaction to the word power, replace it with influence or whatever word you need them to say, don't we all want more power, more... more? control say in our lives and at work and at home and in our relationships and all that good stuff like don't you want more power at work
0: not necessarily you know so i actually wanted to ask you not necessarily on the show because uh you're super big on leadership and i was like why like what happened to you where you wanted to be more in the leadership not here or there so um i think only as of (laughs) recently have i decided that i think it would be better for the organization i'm a part of for me to take a more leadership role in it than i had for a long time I was more than happy to just be a uh, individual contributor to my organization with a, uh, come in and do my job and not have to interact with people so much, mm-hmm. not have people looking at me for m- more than just like my, my regular uh, job function. Cause like when, w- with power comes more deadlines. and re- comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. It comes re- great responsibility. <laughs> Wait, it's not a good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It comes uh, more, more scrutiny, um, less leeway. Maybe I can't take off to go go somewhere when I want to go because this thing is due. Whereas now, you know, I I can uh, delegate or to my backup or whatever versus it me being the focal or point person for a, a team as opposed to like point or focal, point or focal person for my particular uh, system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I could. I don't think it's inherent that somebody wants more. That people, everybody wants more power. No. Yeah, but us. Oh,
1: <laughs> don't we want more power?
0: Yeah. No,
2: I do. yeah. I mean I play a bunch of, um, enough video games to know that when I have more power in video games, <laughs> I like it. More power in my money. Yeah.
0: I want more money. I'll take more money with more power.
1: Is that what you say at work when something could happen? You're like power up or <laughs> <laughs> I just leveled up. More mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, drug test I got.
0: Illegal yeah. in California. Now.
1: So well, let me put out there, there are three types of power. All right. Three types of power, and then later on, I'll talk about the five or six different ways to get more power, right? So, here's the three ways that people identify with power. Uh, Legitimacy. All right. Basically, this is because your title. Because you're called a supervisor, because you're called the president, because you're called whatever. Because the position you're currently in comes with a certain level of legitimate power. The power to reward people or coerce them to do something. Okay. So, this is probably like the weakest source of power, I would say. Right. yeah
2: but it's but it's important to some by some people yeah. yeah
0: the title itself i, th- I it think it comes with something yeah also well, for the the title itself is nothing now there are authorities that come with a position, yes, no matter what you call it, yes, I think is important, and I can't tell if or if or if not those two things are separate, so I'll let you say the other two okay
1: uh, number two personal power this is your personal i q how how smart you are. Uh, you're are you an expert in something? Therefore, that comes a certain amount of power. That stats redlined, buddy. Um, <laughs> charisma, persistence, all that stuff. This is the stuff that's innate to you only. Mm-hmm. Okay, your own personal attributes.
2: Okay, this is the kind of power that I think uh, I hope to strive for more. of you know? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, look at you, man. You're hitting the gym, man. I think you're pretty. Bad. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third one is called structural power. So this is basically who do you know? Where do you send the orc? What do you know, and how do you all, and how do you like use that
0: all? Okay, so do you have the mountain <laughs> on your mountain uh, yeah. zombie on your team? Mountain zombie ten points plus ten points. Aria plus plus twenty points. That's funny. Uh, okay, so titular, personal. So it's like okay, so titular, yeah, your title power. Oh, okay, so so it sounds like the right. the, the authority yeah. invested in your particular um, title is part of your title. Okay. So the the the, the power is vested in you by the organization. If <laughs> 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 so, bad. okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So what's the question?
1: No, just you no. Know, how do you guys feel about that? Uh, you guys agree with those concepts? You guys like? I feel like there's one missing. I feel like there's four.
0: Yeah, there's got to be at least one more. Yeah. So it'd be? So like internal, external, and con- conveyed upon you.
2: Yeah. Okay,
0: it's, it's it's most of it, at the very least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when she say internal and external are two of your factors, I feel like you can't really <laughs> do much more than than <laughs> <laughs> internal and external. Uh, so I think I value personally. I, I'll go with uh, yeah, my personal power would probably be probably be the be- the best. And then like I think you could, you, there are situations where like the person who's say the smartest guy in the organization, but isn't like the actual boss, but everybody like goes to the smartest guy. So you know the the power dynamics can be different, like because he. Yeah is the guy that the organization needs the most because he is like, a, I don't know, the designer or... Well, the,
1: the the example the course puts out there, which I really liked was, let, let, let's say we're about to walk in a room, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say the CEO is in there. The uh, head of uh, finance is in there. Uh, your supervisor is in there. And then the uh, new hire is in there, right? Mm-hmm. so right. So clearly you know the hierarchy. You know who's who. You walk into the room. You have an assumption who's the most powerful person is in the room or the power hierarchy. You walk in and then you see the CEO talking with a early career hire, the fresh hire. They're talking on the side. They're laughing. And then when the meeting gets started, the new hire sits right next to the CEO. And during the meeting, those two are whispering each other, kind of laughing or whatnot. Now who's more powerful? Is a new hire more powerful? No. Or is the supervisor more powerful?
0: No. <laughs> the the CEO is still the most no,
1: powerful. No, no, the CEO is definitely still the most powerful, but between the new hire and the supervisor.
0: The supervisor is still more powerful. Is I, it?
2: Yes. What, is it, it your supervisor, right? Well, yeah, the it's, new it's hire doesn't su- have any control over you,
0: right? Yeah, the supervisor can still fire that guy. So, <laughs> no, he has no power. No yeah, I would
2: say the power dynamics, maybe of the room, you could say, uh, outside of influencing you, maybe you could say the new hire has more power than, he, than you probably think, but as far as... Your relationship to the organization, your supervisor still would have more power. Nah, the, the new hire has
0: no power. But, but I'm assuming the answer is supposed to be the the supervisor. I mean, the new hire. But I don't I don't see it. <laughs> I'm
1: not sure the right answer is. But uh, to me, it it strikes a different chord because, like, clearly they know something. Clearly they're in cahoots or they have a relationship of some sort. If you're the supervisor who's kind of in between that chain, like, well, I could whatever discipline the new hire. But that new hire seems to be really tight with the CEO. Uh, I'll I'll let the new hire just slide for a while. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe it won't totally change it, but it'll affect the power dynamic in in, in all of those relationships right there.
0: Yeah, but that's, but like he still is the one who has the authority to let the guy slide. He's got not. the
1: he's got the legitimate power. Yeah, not sure about his personal power. Clearly, the uh, new hire has a higher uh, structural power. Structure, power. structure about who you know, yeah. where you sit, how, how um, to leverage the organization.
0: And I guess. So that, with that assumption is that like after one conversation with the CEO, like, okay, say, say it's the, uh, if it's like the do hire is the CEO's kid. <laughs> <laughs> then yes, then you have structural power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't think that some one one good conversation with uh, some bigwig or whatever is going to really change much in your organization. But at the same time, like if, if you are the intern who is like the CEO's uh, daughter or son-in-law. So, so to speak, I think you're going to wield a lot more power than, uh, than what your position indicates. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: next episode, Mill will get into how to get more power. Yeah. That's the good stuff. (laughs) Oh yeah. We got to leave them hanging, man. Give us one. Give us one. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you were asking for, all right, all right, all right. Start from the bottom. Now we're here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Here's one for you. Okay. The power of principle, right? You can get more power in the conversation, in the negotiation, as you're interacting with you by, by putting out there, hey, this is the ethical way of doing things. This is the moral way. This is the fair thing to do. Don't you want to be fair? Like, that's one way to exercise power in, this, in a given moment. Yeah, that's why that one's
0: on the bottom. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's <a> Snowflakes <laughs> talking, you know, that's JW.
1: <laughs> All right, on the next uh, Captain's Radio Room. The good
0: ones.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Transfer of data is complete.
0: Welcome back to the Junto Show. We're getting ready to get into our world famous pop culture segment. Cannot wait. It's been way too long, guys. And I can't wait to hear what you guys have been uh, experiencing in the world of media. So let's get things started with Boop! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, uh
2: so my media consumption uh, has habits haven't really changed too much. Uh for some reason
1: I'm So you're you're still reading crazy sci-fi books, uh scouring the internet for
0: uh <laughs> clips with less than ten hits? <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 Videos with <laughs> with more comments than views. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I've been uh I have been watching a lot of British panel show. Um, still stuff, <laughs> still. I still think it's funny. Uh and uh, I don't
0: get it, man. I forget are they are they current or are they old?
2: Um probably five years to now. <laughs> so <laughs> But uh that's pretty much all I've been doing. I've been trying to listen uh uh to my finished the uh, the book The Republic by Plato.
0: Ah lame
1: yeah. yeah.
2: And uh it's that book is it's just hard to to hear like i feel like i should listen to it or or read it just cuz i feel like it's one of those i am I'm, I'm waiting to get to the cave allegory and then after that i might just not listen to it after that cuz if you the only thing i know about plato's republic is the cave allegory which is well so i don't haven't leave gotten us to the point. <laughs> don't leave us hanging man well you don't know what then do you? well i don't know it very well but essentially what it is is
0: I'm thinking of the symposium. Uh, I, think, I think I'm thinking of a symposium, and not Plato's uh, Republic. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So the, the 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 allegory of the cave. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, but essentially, there's a bunch of people living in a cave, right? And so the only thing they see are shadows in the cave. And then one person goes out of the cave, and what he does is he goes, "Oh, there's a whole world out here. I got to go tell the people in the cave." And so he goes and tells the people in the cave, and they don't believe him, and so they kill him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, yeah, th- th- these are the guys on, <laughs> and we're basing all society on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right.
2: So, so that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's
1: all right. So, <laughs> so, so more to come once you get to the uh, cave allegory, yeah, and I'm, then you
2: can give us the insight. To s- there's no insight that the book is. The only thing that I will say about that book that I do like is, um, so the the logic of Socrates and so that. It's not like really hard to follow. I just think it's wrong, but what he does is the socratic method and that's the important thing so the socratic method is he says okay we have some kind of scenario right and we can say a conclusion from that Uh and if we take that conclusion we can then put it into another scenario and we can kind of go along this process of thought kind of logically and methodically until we get to like a deeper understanding of like what is justice you know which takes about i don't know 10 hours to get to it.
0: <laughs> yeah th- there was um something is this still pop culture i was thinking that too i was <laughs> like <laughs> "Is this still pop culture? leave yeah. it to boat to go to ancient greek philosophy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe it was ancient greek times this is pop culture for yeah. though? Yeah. i'm gonna talk about like a dude did you hear
1: what the socrates dude was doing over there it was, it was bad crazy <laughs> all right
0: well so
2: and that's all my pop culture.
0: yeah th- I, so there was uh something along those lines it's probably more philis- ph- philosophical segment than pop culture but um there was a, well, some Greek philosopher was talking about um, free will and what is free will. So it's like, uh, free will is the ability to make a decision based on your own, right? So it's like, if you choose to sit in a room all day, you could have left. So clearly, the fact that you chose to stay in a room all day is free will, right?
2: I guess so, yeah. Sounds
0: okay. all right. But what if the door to the room you're in is locked from the outside? Nope, no more. But you never tried to get up and use it. So does that mean that you don't have free will or not? And that's the thing. <laughs> uh, well, I still think you'd have free will, but well, you can't. You don't have the free will to leave the room.
2: Yeah, but you have the free will to sit there and not check it.
0: Right. Yes. Well, or is it true though? Because you you don't have the ru- will to leave the room.
2: Yeah i I think um I think you still have free. will. Right?
0: <laughs> okay, Johnny, uh, what are you uh, taking in? Uh no, my mind exploded a while <laughs> ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right so, <laughs> so uh i i'll go then while johnny uh, gets his brothers back i saw uh john wick three wait john wick chapter three colon parabellum and i loved it and it made a bunch of money uh unseating avengers endgame as the number one movie in the world and i was like um i feel like john wick one i've been on board the whole time because it's a movie where it's all action the entire time which is a rare genre but like probably my favorite genre of movie the dumb movie that all it does is move the whole time and uh the first one was amazing the second one was good but i don't think either one of them was a big box office hit so i was surprised that the third one made was like a, a like when i went to see it the theater was full and i was like oh, okay i thought this was like a, a cult hit as opposed to like a hit hit which i'm happy it is because one by all accounts keanu Reeves is great and cool and uh two these movies are great and i want to see more of them so uh John Wick three Lance recommends it. Yeah,
2: you All think right. you think the Fast and the Furious came out with a new model of movie? I th-
1: it, 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 yeah, just I was just about to say that. Actually, it. it sounds like a Fast and Furious franchise now, where it's re- it's gotten enough momentum. John Wick has got enough behind it that it's becoming an inside joke per se. Like he knows there's no plot. He knows he's hanging by the thread, the tiniest little bit of excuse to just go kill everybody, and we're fine with it. I
0: think I think the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> actually, have more of a plot, <laughs> or than the John Wick movies. But I'm trying to think if they are the progenitors of the crazy action movie. And I'm like, I feel like maybe, even though they're they're kind of different, um, but but maybe I think that's a pretty good thesis. Like, I,
2: yeah, I don't know if they're. I would always think Jackie Chan is more of like,
0: yeah, I would say Jackie Chan's like comic action would be know? the closer analogy to uh to the John Wick.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Something's different there. Where I think Jackie Chan tries to have a plausible story behind it, but you're going to that movie to
0: watch Jackie Chan fight. Yes, the yes, whole yes, yes. That's, yes, yes, going, yes, that's what you're going for, and but I think the, that's but the genre.
1: But the John Wick thing is like the 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 premise behind the motivation behind why this character is doing what he's doing is like razor thin, crazy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the the reason why Jackie Chan does things is always the same, which is. Trying to help out some poor old man or some old community or whatnot, his his actions are always altruistic in nature, and that's why he's got to kick ass with whatever's nearby. Yeah,
2: and I, I, as props, I watched a YouTube video on you know what uh, trying to break down the character the characters that um, Jackie Chan always plays, and they they said something that I thought was kind of. Uh, I guess profound that he is here come. the, he comes <laughs> this, is, this is where you make your <laughs> money at least, I, at least I thought it was uh, he is the unwilling action hero so he's ah. never fighting he's always defending himself that's interesting yeah he's put into a situation where he then has to turn out and to just beat everybody up
0: send so, uh, me that video if you can find it so um so by all accounts, Keanu Reeves, the person, is a great person, what was it, what's the word, uh, philanthropist? At the very least, he's very nice. He like, gives money to his, his crew members and everybody on crew likes him. But from what I've heard, Jackie Chan, who for years was my favorite actor, from what I hear, he's a bad person what yeah well oh. surprising right i think he's got like a kid he doesn't talk to and like i think he might be might have beat his wife or something like uh, and i think he like supports the communist party in china or something like that like Oh, well,
1: i think you have to <laughs> d- d- uh, no i'm serious in on that one i think if you're a public figure you have to support the communist party that's why communism is bad
0: and that's not why it's bad yes it is oh the, the, if, that's one reason why but, it's bad but those two don't necessarily follow you could be one and not the other Anyway, uh, from, from what I hear, Jackie Chan is uh, more problematic yeah. than I would like him to be. Let's
1: look up. into that one first before we spread ill will against a man that's done so much to captivate my eyeballs.
0: I mean, it's it's there. Like, uh, I <laughs> looked into it. I love Jackie Chan. <laughs> okay, Johnny. So uh, what's your... Uh,
1: well, with John Wick 3, I also saw that, and I highly enjoyed it, even though it did run a little long with the killings. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, innovative uses in this movie was... Uh, it's been talked about a lot, but the Halle Berry, Ber, Halle Berry. berries Berry, uh, is has two dogs in this movie that helps and assists with the killing. Yeah, <laughs> and they did a fantastic job. Those dogs were super cute, yet they were uh, ferocious as heck and had some, like what were clearly meant to show off the stunt work of the dogs. Yeah, and, it, it, and it was it was great. I was like, I'm I'm buying it. No real world practical application would that happen, but cool. <laughs> Halle Berry would bend over. A dog would jump on her back and, and then uh, scale a 20-foot wall to get the bad guy's machine gun.
0: Yeah, sure. You had me at bend over. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, that scene where Halle Berry with the dogs is the best video game movie. <laughs> oh, was great. Yeah, it it, was fe- great. it felt like something straight out of uh, Call of Duty or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of video game movies, I saw Detective Pikachu. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I saw Detective <laughs> Pikachu. Uh, Eagle-eyed listeners will know that I'm ate up with Pokemon for some reason, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was good. <laughs> was it good? Yeah, but okay. I, th- I will say it- it'll add t- two out of ten points to the movie if you know or care about Pokemon, versus like somebody who doesn't has no idea what a Charizard versus a Pikachu is or whatever. Like, so
1: so is it really just uh, Deadpool doing the voice of Pikachu?
0: Yeah, kind of. Okay. I'm down for that. Oh, yeah, which is like fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. Okay. What else you got, Johnny?
1: Uh, obviously, I always do my homework on Netflix <laughs> to make sure uh, I get my money's worth in that uh, show. Um, Didn't they
0: raise the fee recently? Did you get hit with that? Uh, who cares, man? I'm <laughs>
1: paying it no matter what. Um, so, I'll start with a fantastic movie I watched, which I, r- I really, really liked Someone Great. So, this show is, uh, you might say it's a chick flick, but it stars three females. Uh, best friends. Uh, the premises: after a devastating breakup on the eve of her uh, cross-country move, Jenny, played by Gina Rodriguez, enjoys one last New York City adventure with her two best friends, um, played by Brittany Snow and Oh, shoot, I've got the other actress's name, but she's fantastic too. So it's a romantic comedy about love, loss, growth, and everlasting bond of female friendship. But anyways, the humor in it was refreshing. Like I've seen a lot of these rom coms, and a lot of times it's just like you know stale. Um, moments where you should be laughing at a joke or at an awkward moment but the the, the humor they use here is fantastic I say go check out the trailer and if you're not hooked by then then maybe save yourself the, the, the time at the movie but watch the trailer I think you'll like it it's a great show
0: so would Lance like it? yes uh, so Gina Rodriguez is uh, the main actress from Jane the Virgin, yep. I believe, and I think the third person you're thinking of is uh, DeWanda Wise. Yes, yeah, I think she's fantastic. She's, um, she's the uh, actress who plays the lead, and she's got to have it on Netflix. She's got to have it. I'm not sure of that one. Yeah, it's fine. All right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it was a Spike Lee movie that got uh, reinterpreted as a TV show. It's a uh, urban.
1: So <laughs> check it out. 83 on Rotten Tomatoes critics right now. And the other show I'll highlight is a uh, show called bonding um so the format for this one is pretty interesting it's only uh, seven episodes and each one is only um 15 minutes long and it basically stars uh two friends and the female plays a dominatrix
0: oh uh-huh. right? oh okay I and this one like her
1: friend is a gay guy who then plays her um uh submissive no, 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 no. The the bodyguard, the protector, dude. Pam. Pam. <laughs> but it's just a bodyguard type okay. personality, right? Mm-hmm. So seven episodes, fifteen minutes each, about yep. a dominatrix and her best gay friend, right? Mm-hmm. And I watched this on the plane. <laughs> 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 There's so many moments. I had like, let me turn the screen real fast. It doesn't show anything. It's not. Yeah. It's not that kind of show. It's more of a humor show. Oh, I thought it was it's like a a the, the back panel of the. oh no (laughs) no i I downloaded it all check this out look at this (laughs) hey 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 there little boy (laughs) 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 teach you about the world
0: (laughs) that's a dominatrix say it with me (laughs) uh
1: okay so i and i would actually recommend it it's a quick little show so you know
0: try it out okay so um i saw uh a documentary on netflix um called uh, knock down the house and i loved it so it's um a story. Uh, well, I guess it's the story of the 2016 election, as told through, I think it was um, maybe four um, first-time candidates who were all females. Um, Alexandria, uh, and the star of it is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And I think um, was
2: it the 2016 or 2018?
0: Uh, probably 18. Was it 18? Yeah, 18. It probably probably 18. 16 is Trump. 18 is the. Uh, yeah, that's the relief. So the eighteen election, yeah, the year of the woman, and um, man, it was it was really really moving and like it gave you good insight as to like kind of what it's like to run for office. Um, so uh, I recommend that one. I
1: actually watched it too. I uh, I also enjoyed it. It, uh, I mean, if you follow in politics enough, you would know the outcome of all these races. So I barely cover politics enough such that there's a few of those races I didn't know the outcome. Right yeah, hey, I away. think I only knew like two of them. Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, clearly AOC wins hers. But the other ones, you're not so sure if they actually won theirs or not. It's, it gets a little heart-wrenching. Um, but if I take a more of a, uh unbiased look at this documentary, to me it told a story about power. Again, very linkage back to our uh, Captain's Red Room. But I think uh, I can see that. Uh, the, the premise is basically those in power will do what it takes to not give up the power, mm-hmm. right or wrong, knowingly or not knowingly, intentionally or not. They know. And then those who are not in the power want the power, and they will call it uh, c- the system corrupt, or the system is gaming it in such a way that they can get it. So, to me, it felt like it's a powerful lesson, but it's a bit of a classic story, too, where, yeah, you're in the power, you do not give it up. And if you're outside the power, then you, you of course, want it. You say,
0: you say that they call it uh, gaming a system or corrupt. I, I mean, th-
1: th- th- those are my words. I, I think the people who are running as part of the new Congress, AOCs and others, would would say, "Hey, that system is corrupt. They're doing what it takes to make it hard for me to run in this election."
0: That's true. Okay. They are making yeah. it hard for okay. them to run. That's yes. what I wanted to get at. Like, yeah, if you were yeah saying it was true or not.
1: Um, what, so what you would disagree with me on is is it intentional or non intentional? How much of it is um, you know purposeful or not?
0: You think it's it's not on purpose. I don't think it's 100% purpose. Mm, 70. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Uh, also, watch, watching that documentary, I was like, okay, like, AOC is going to be president w- w- one day. Like, she, she will get as far in the political game as she wants to go, she will go. She is charismatic. Like, her story is great. She, I get the feeling that she cares for the people. Like, as far... As as much as her as her star in the political world wants to go, it will go. It's what I got from that too. All right. Bo, you got anything else? Uh no, that's it for me. Yeah. No more uh obscure Romanian subtitled soap operas you want to bring up? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Johnny. Uh
1: the last thing I'll bring up that's making me happy these days is a DJ called Marshmallow. I've been listening a lot to his music, uh, on Iceland and downloaded a couple of his songs. Um so Marshmallow is a DJ. You might recognize him because he wears this giant uh, helmet that looks kind of like a Lego man helmet. That like a uh, someone say a marshmallow. Someone say a marshmallow.
0: <laughs> Please tell me you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, and there's like a little story behind uh, who the real identity of this person is. So uh, I just leave it at that. But good music.
0: <laughs> I looked at the picture of this guy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Yep. Okay, so uh, another excellent episode of the Junto Show. Ah, so it feels so good to, to to hear us back on the mics here, you guys. So thanks for listening very much. Um, as always, you can subscribe to us and let us know how much you appreciate the show by going to...
1: com slash
0: Junto Show. And you can always leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your system you're listening to this on. Forward us to your friends. Let them know how great it is. We appreciate all of it. And we'll be back very soon with more day commentary and pop culture news for you, our listeners. Thanks a lot. Until then, I'm Lance. I'm Johnny. And I'm Bob.